Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the stockman, a.k.a. broth boy number one, a.k.a. Mr. Souped Up, a.k.a. Some Bones About It, a.k.a. Time After Time, a.k.a. Soupy Sales, a.k.a. The Bullion Bandit, a.k.a. The Stock Pot Racer, a.k.a. The Bayleaf Boy, a.k.a. Celery Stocks at Midday, a.k.a. The Savory Steamer, a.k.a. Chop It Up, Cook It Down, a.k.a. The Essence. Oh, wow, Jordan Morris, boy detective. This is what I like. Killing time with lots of nicknames. Yeah, I wrote them. Took me oh, 45 seconds at least. Whoa, congratulations, man. That's that's uh, it's really impressive. It's great that you're finding ways uh, to be creative. Uh, uh, I love you know, creativity, Jordan. Me too. Oh, there is nothing I love more than creativity. The only thing I can think of that I love more than creativity is possibly, maybe, lifelong learning. Maybe. <laughs> and apparently broth or stock? What's the wh- Why the nicknames? Explain it to us. This is another, another cooking adventure, I take it. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be clear. There's no payoff to this. I've just been <laughs> no. making a lot of stock. <laughs> You sure. get a gallon Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. You know the big the big boy. You know what I'm talking about? The big boy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh sure. You know what I love when it when it comes to Ziploc bags, and I'm sorry to derail your story. Okay. Go ahead. I, I, I love a quart. We never had quart Ziplocs uh, around my house growing up, so I never thought to buy them. Uh, they were just never on my shopping list. But then I think I mistakenly got some quarts. These things are so useful. They're yeah. so useful. You could half a cucumber goes great in a quart. Capacious. They're capacious more so yeah. than a sandwich size. And Absolutely. they're sturdy if you get the freezer style, which I do. Sure, sure. Yeah, a little, la- little label on there. Jordan, I'm not ashamed to admit this. I purchased mine at the warehouse store. <laughs> not where? The warehouse store. <laughs> <laughs> do people remember the warehouse? Sorry, people who are even three years younger than we are. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe didn't grow up in California. Was that a regional chain? It might have been a regional chain. Might Which have been a regional got, chain. Okay, what were you getting at the warehouse? You were getting, uh, you could rent movies. Yeah, there was a thing. I, the, the big thing was you could bring in five CDs, any five CDs, and trade them for one CD, right? Right, yeah. So and uh, yeah, and I think, and then you could you could also purchase the used CDs that people had brought in, uh, and those were one of two, one of three CDs. Um, it was uh, they were either uh, added up the best of the Violent Femmes, um, <laughs> uh, the Romeo plus Juliet soundtrack. <laughs> And of course, the Jerky Boys. This is all the warehouse sold. Yeah. There was a warehouse warehouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and their slogan was, where? The warehouse. Yeah. So There was a warehouse warehouse, and I know this. It was like a discount warehouse. Mm-hmm. And I know this because... Like a, Nor- like a Nordstrom Rack situation? Like you could buy yes. copies of the Romeo plus Juliet soundtrack that were slightly irregular? Or the Jerky Boys solo albums. <laughs> Right, they're in the rights when the Jerky Boys broke off like Kiss to make solo albums. Uh, they were less good without the makeup. But yeah. um, I don't know enough about either to continue this riff. 
uh, I, I, uh, I had a girlfriend in high school whose uh, parents had significant mental health issues. I'm not having a laugh at their expense. It was quite difficult for her and her family. But uh, her father was a bit of a hoarder. Mm-hmm. And he would come home with 99-cent VHS tapes from the warehouse warehouse. Right. Uh, in, I don't remember what it was. It, it might have literally been called the warehouse warehouse. And uh, just just every every wall in the corridor was lined with VHS tapes. And on the one hand, I didn't have to live there, so easy access to pretty much every VHS tape, uh, whether it was... Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade or the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm, you know, knowing the warehouse and the era, you probably also um, had more than one copy of that video where all the cartoon characters teamed up to tell you not to do drugs. Yes, exactly. So many. So anyway, I have one of these gallon Ziploc bags. Right. And I keep it in my freezer. And then when I have trimmings, mm-hmm. I put the trimmings in there. And when there's bonzos, I put those in there. And when it's full, I put that in the stock pot and boil it off, baby. Man, that's, that sounds amazing. What are you using the stock for? To um, thicken up a chili? Uh, or thin a chili, I would say, probably. You're probably going to want to use masa to thicken a chili. Mm. Uh, I'm using it for everything. Here's the secret, Jordan. You get yourself some of these, uh, again, I, I hate to use this as a platform for marketing, but it's a product I believe in. You get yourself some of these semi-disposable Gladware Tupperwares. Oh, yeah. Those are great. Probably not are... great for the environment, but man, oh, man, are those convenient. Yeah, I love I love breaking one and not feeling bad about it. It's just the greatest <laughs> feeling in the world. Like, yeah. well, it only cost me a quarter and I used it 10 times. Yeah, sure. Did I forget about the tahini two months ago? <laughs> is, is the grossness of washing this going to be uh, more than 25 cents worth of grossness? Exactly. I got a, I got a few at Big Lots the other day. I was feeling great. Nice. Oh, yeah. So I'll fill up. I'll take the stock. I'll fill up some of those, you know, pack them up, put them in the back of the freezer. That way, it's always ready when I need to make soup uh, or anything else stock heavy. And then get a load of this, Jordan. Here's a life no. pro tip. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full. I don't have. I don't have room. Don't you dare refuse me, Jordan. Uh, I will. I have an extra ice cube tray, a third ice cube tray in which I pour into which I pour stock, mm-hmm. so that I've always got stock. If I need to deglaze a pan. Or if you, you want to make yourself a nice, nice uh, beefy cocktail at the end of the night. Oh, God. A gin and beef. Little gin, little tonic. Yeah. yeah. Beef eater gin, <laughs> beefy ice cubes. <laughs> Our guest on this week's Jordan Jesse Goes, a, a beloved stand-up comic. He's got a brand new record called Mike Kaplan, a.k.a. Please welcome Mr. Mike Kaplan. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, now I, I have so much to say about 
so many Please. things that you've been yeah. sharing. Like, number one, if you asked me what they sell at the warehouse store, I would have immediately guessed warehouses. You know, I don't know <laughs> what other, why would you call your store that, you know? Right. You go down to the record store. What do they have there? Uh, you know, like, they have records at the warehouse store. Do they have warehouses at the record store? You know, so we're having fun already. And... <laughs> Mike, hold on. I hold couldn't on, agree Mike. more. I'm having a blast. <laughs> yes, wait yes. until wait until you hear this, Mike. It was spelled W H E R E. Oh no! Oh well, that All one changes. W H E R E H O U S E. So one can only presume it sold wares. Uh, this <laughs> this changes everything for me. I I retract all of my previous. I don't know if it was snark. I think it was just fun. But I will. I'll just take this time <laughs> to do one yep. final joke about it and say that. Oh, I thought it was actually uh, a, a man that turned into a house just once a month. You know, just uh, <laughs> he was a warehouse. Uh, is yeah warehouse. Got it. Sure. <laughs> I'll I'll take my uh, indignation off off record, but uh, off yeah. mic, off air. I don't know how things work. I hey, ha- it's yes. a podcast. You can't hear the <laughs> listeners boo. <laughs> uh, but this is a more sincere thing that I want to share uh, that I appreciate uh, is now we have we have all we've interacted before, but we're not we have not planned what I'm about to say. And I know that <laughs> whenever whenever I see like a magician talking to a person in the audience who I don't know and they say now we've never met and the person confirms and I'm like well if they had met and this was set up that's also what they would say so the, yeah but I, the, <laughs> the point here is this isn't carefully planned oh and no perfectly crafted like my list of nicknames earlier no but it's what I'm about to say is 100% about your list of nicknames so I think for sure if we were trying to throw people off the case like I don't know I don't know what people believe anymore I just want to say thank you for just s- repeating the title of my album over and over in between each one of your nicknames aka 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 that is the name the my name mike kaplan is of course on the album cover the al- that is the artist uh who has created the album aka it is certainly confusing in a way because usually as you did the name will then be followed by aka and then another name however in this case the name aka is itself an aka for the original title of the album which is what aka stands for aka all killing aside which we decided not to call it in these times for reasons that without the context that the album is about kindness compassion love and not murdering people might be like all killing aside why are you putting aside de- like in this time of suffering and uncertainty and disease and and death like what is this like that old joke about like mrs lincoln other than that how was the play like so that's why i talked to my mom and she said how about all kidding aside that would be a nice name and i'm like that does take some of the <laughs> kidding aside uh so that's why we went with aka it stands for all the things that we want the thing uh, all kill all killing aside all kidding aside also known as it's also my name mike kaplan and aka and i do apologize for doing this sort of ask me anything about uh my name given michael adam kaplan this has been an aka m-a-k-a-m-a the album comes out the 8th of may thank you so much for having me uh is that how to podcast <laughs> no <laughs> but it's it's already done uh, I thank you yeah, so much for listen, having me. We're just 
we just there's two there's two albums we just want to make sure our listeners check out. One, of course, aka uh, from the very hilarious Mike Kaplan. I actually checked out some of the preview tracks on Apple Music today, and I thought they were very funny. Uh, I can only imagine that the whole album is uh, as funny, if not funnier. So yeah, check out that. And then, of course, the soundtrack to Romeo Plus Juliet, Baz Luhrmann's that <laughs> uh, Baz Luhrmann's tawdry reimagining of the classic with music from the. Cardigans and others. <laughs> oh yeah, that. <laughs> Let's say silver chair. Can I tell you that uh, that song? I think the one in in there by the Cardigans is it the "Love Me, Love Me" like their famous song or whatever Ooh, whatever that boy. song was. Yeah, I, 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 this was kind of in the in the era of soundtracks where you you put out a CD that was like inspired music inspired by mm, the movie and mm-hmm. it was just someone's like B-side or something like that. So uh, I, I would, I plus, would guess it was probably not the hit, but I could be wrong. 500 miles. I'm going to be by the proclaimers uh, plus uh, like an Leah B-side were the anchors of any soundtrack album, possibly uh, a ballad by Aerosmith, a new ballad by Aerosmith. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe something peppy by Seal. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was one of Seal's peppier tracks. Did he sure. did he re- did he have any peppy tracks? Is that have you ever heard the album Seal's uh, Roller Disco Party? <laughs> Does it have uh, only the two songs that I know on it? Kiss from a Rose and whatever the other one is. That those in Bounce Rock Skate. Yeah. Oh, okay. Seal's Roller Disco Party also doubles as the soundtrack to The Faculty, starring Jordana Brewster. (laughs) Famke Jansen? Uh, I don't know Famke Jensen. Oh, I think Famke Jensen is in The Faculty. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I pronounced it wrong. The Faculty. (laughs) The Faculty, starring Famke. (laughs) Yes. Famke's in The Faculty. Uh, My favorite movie of the time was probably Meet the Famkes. (laughs) Right. Is that anything? Is that something? I think it is. I think it's something. What's a podcast? (laughs) Uh, I just want to say, like, sincerely, though, it is an honor to be playing the part of uh, Mike Kaplan, a.k.a. Go, on this podcast right. Jordy you are the go. so mike yeah. if you so you don't remember the warehouse um no when, I, but i think you were about our age when you were a kid where did you go for like you know movies and music and other like teenager mm. stuff uh let's see i grew up in new jersey uh i would for maybe this is earlier i would go to kb toys for toys oh yeah uh I would go to. What are we talking well, now? What are we talking here, Mike? When you're going to KB Toys, are you getting? A, is it a Ninja Turtle? Is it? Oh, a, I certainly had many Ninja Gak? Turtles. I, I did not have Gak. I didn't. wasn't a big slime fan. Hmm. Uh, I did. I would take like a toy of Slimer from the Ghostbusters, but that toy was not itself slimy. No, only. Uh, uh, a visual representation thereof. Right. I I had, I had a lot of the Secret Wars Marvel action figures. Oh, I had a yeah. bunch of those. Your your Spider. They all had shields. It, that was a weird <laughs> thing. Like Captain America had a shield, and also uh, Baron Zemo and Spider Man and Wolverine. Why doesn't everyone? It was like a secret decoder thing in the shield, so it wasn't even his real shield. Uh, I guess uh, thanks for having me on your shield podcast. And um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I love I, mostly action action figures that my mother would not let me have any with guns. So I got any G.I. Joe's. She'd throw away the guns. They could only go on diplomatic missions. I had uh, <laughs> you bought you bought that from their special uh, United Nations Security Forces subset. Yes. Just uh, just coming in to check and see if you guys are maintaining the guidelines of the treaty that you signed. 
mind, so uh, we guess, don't have to... I guess, you know, roadblock and snake eyes could also maybe, like, help with irrigation, you know, in uh, some countries <laughs> that have trouble getting clean water, you know? Yeah, uh, they say that uh, knowing is half the battle, and that's the half that we focused on in my household. <laughs> the no, right, sure, not the battle part. Oh, yeah, the other half of the battle, which is uh, death and destruction. And, yeah, uh, but who needs that? Not me. Not the Kaplan household. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just want the part of the G.I. Joes where you convince kids not to huff paint or play around in old refrigerators that they find. <laughs> uh, yeah, we also had some uh, Thundercats. I oh, liked, yeah, uh, Thundercats were fun. They just had, like, you know, swords and nunchucks, things that uh, they're totally fine for kids to play with. So... Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I do imagine, I guess, at, in, as a kid, it all seemed like fantasy. You know, it, it was, I was like, guns? That's not real. Swords? Like, I wasn't going to get a sword or a gun, uh, and I'm I'm glad. But uh, I assumed to my adult parents, they were like, a gun is a thing that could happen, and nunchucks you have to really work at to uh, end up in trouble with. Boy, we really grew up in a golden age of nunchucks, didn't we? <laughs> all care every Every entertainment property... Featured a nunchuck character and nunchucks. Do kids today even know what... Jesse, do your kids know what nunchucks are? Do they want nunchucks? Um, are they talking about them? Um, do, do, what, in, in your opinion, what's kids modern kids' level of awareness, i.e. nunchucks? I mean, if they know about nunchucks, it's only because I have been showing them classic entertainment from the 1980s and early 1990s. Right. Where, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Bloodsport starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Coming to America. <laughs> um, uh, Benny and June. Are there nunchucks in Benny and June? <laughs> no, I'm just listing things from the late 80s and oh, early 90s. Oh, okay. Benny and June might be from the mid-90s, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. No, I really don't think that they know what nunchucks are, and I don't think they know what ninja stars are, which is it was another mm, yeah, really yeah, central yeah, sure. cultural weapon. I mean, I've talked about this I've talked about this on the show before. It was probably years ago now. But in uh, the neighborhood I grew up in, the Mission District in San Francisco, on Mission Street, and it was something where I thought it was maybe just a dream I had had as a child, but then a few people who were from the neighborhood verified it later to me on, on Twitter or something. There was, a, there was a ninja store. There was a store that sold ninja equipment, and it, in the front window was like a giant, like a halberd, and uh, throwing stars and nunchucks. Oh, yeah. And that and the wig store were the most compelling but also terrifying stores in the entire neighborhood. Like in the, in the world of uh, my neighborhood that was also kind of a fantastical world when I was a child, the most vivid places to me uh, are those two places. And I never went into either of them. In fact, in middle school, uh, the girl that I, uh, that I, I guess, subway pooled with, we took the subway from home from school together because we were 12 or whatever. Um, she wanted to go in the wig store and I refused because I was afraid. I had the same feeling about the, uh, about the ninja store. Like never open, the door always closed and you I just felt like if I went in there and I wasn't a real ninja, I was cruising for a bruising. Sure, yeah. <laughs> You'd never see it coming either. No, absolutely. Just be a poison not. dart, a poison dart to the side of the neck. 
Uh, you'd just slap it really quick, and then you'd keel over. You know those kind of flat-soled shoes with a with a with toes, right? Not, I mean, just two toes, like a frog's foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Those kind of ninja shoes. I was uh, I was friends. One of my best friends growing up was a very mild-mannered kid named Mike Nguyen, and he was a just a nice. Just a sweet nerd. He loved Star Wars. He loved uh, Warcraft. Like, not World, but, you know, the original Warcraft, where it was a turn-based strategy game. Um, But he had a butterfly knife. And... (laughs) Like he was not like he was not a trouble, like a trouble kid. I I never knew him to like do drugs or anything, but like he he just had a butterfly knife and could casually take it out and flip it around. It was the yeah. And I was never worried that Mike Nguyen was going to do anything because he was such a sweetie. But um, he brought his butterfly knife to school. Oh, no. It I, was a different time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I don't think he, he ever had it at school. But just when I would, like, go over to his house to play video games, he would, like, casually break out a butterfly knife. Man, you know, the kid who went to my elementary school who had both a Nintendo and a Sega Master System, Tony McCauley, uh, the one who, I mean, this kid, this kid was serious. He had his birthday party at Pizza and Pipes, the pipe organ-themed pizza restaurant. Mm. Yeah. That guy had a real black belt in karate. (laughs) Wow. And the same thing. Very mild-mannered kid. We were 10 years old. Nine, 10 years old. He had a real black belt in karate. And if you asked him to do karate moves, he could do them. Do you think he could do that thing where you put your thumbs in someone's eyes and then the eyes come out? Oh, no. Oh, I think he probably could have. And besides that, he also got those those bears, those little koala bears that were full of chocolate in his lunch. You know those bears? Oh, yeah. Koala yummies. Yeah. Uh, Here's here's my theory on a couple of these things. Uh, The perhaps the reason he was so mild mannered is he was able to get all of his aggression out at the dojo that perhaps before karate entered his life his parents were like we need he's kicking stuff in the house and hurting (laughs) both our furniture and his foot where can we direct this energy tiger shulman i hope i don't know if that's a nationwide thing but that's a guy who there's are you familiar with tiger shulman not in the slightest no he 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 sounds like someone you would fight late in the game and punch out Exactly. So he had a bunch of karate places around, at least the Northeast. Uh, So whatever, put your equivalent in their Little League karate places. And similar to, I assume that uh, Mr. Nguyen, uh, I assume he got it because he liked butterflies. And he's like, I'll get anything that is butterfly in the name. And then. Oh, right. Sure. He has a a Lisa Frank sticker book. Exactly. (laughs) You got to catch them all. All the butterflies and. uh, All the butterflies. And I presume that he. Uh, so he has this butterfly knife and he's, you said he's not, he's not like into drugs. He's not doing these other things. That's a good, that's good. A sweet. If you've got that knife, you don't want to mix that with drugs. Other than having, other than having a butterfly knife, Mm -hmm. the only other thing Mike Nguyen did that was even remotely tough or dangerous was have Double Dragon 2, the Double Dragon game, where it was a little bit confusing because one button attacked right and one button attacked left. Oh, that left. is confusing. Yeah, it was a little confusing. They tried to mix it up, but uh, 
you know, I think in subsequent games, they went back to the original formula. Let's get one button to punch and one button to kick. Thank you very much. Thank you. And you just attack whichever way you're facing. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Now that I'm remembering, now that I'm remembering this kid, he also, I guess he also had Zippo lighters. Holy shit. Maybe he was trouble. We never did anything bad together. Oh, my God. Maybe you were a good influence. Maybe every time he went over there, he started playing with the knife, but he was like, you know, maybe I won't bring out the fire today. And maybe, you know, your influence over the course of time. He showed me them. He wasn't, like, threatening me with them. He just, like, took them out and showed me a Zippo, and then he showed me a butterfly knife into the thing where you, like, flip out the knife and flip it around, and I thought it was very cool. And then we just did something quiet and nerdy together can i ask you a question jordan yes did you ever wonder why his room had so many blackened spoons and lengths of surgical tubing (laughs) i figured he was crafty (laughs) do you know i had uh, to get back to the original source of why i think this topic came up i had nunchucks that were like nerf i think so whoa nerf chucks Exactly. Um, I mean, I bet that's great for like practicing, you know, you don't want to like just give a kid. I don't know what a typical nunchuck is made of. Is it wood or steel or something? But yeah, you want to got to get want to give them a practice chuck. These things, they they would still hurt. There was something in them and it would hurt if you hit yourself. So but not, you know, you are okay. I'm I'm okay, And I certainly hit myself a lot. I Mike, I have to admit that when you said that you had many Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and many Thundercats, I became mm-hmm. insanely jealous. Oh, I'm so sorry. I had two Masters of the Universe, both of which... <laughs> were Mechaneck. One of them <laughs> was... With the robotic neck. One of them was Mechaneck, and the other one was Mossman. Was one actually Mechaneck? Yes. Really? Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is a, that is like an all-time lame character. So hmm. here's here's the thing. I don't know. I don't mean to, maybe Mechanic, I don't mean to, to slag no, off Mechanic, I mean, Jesse, if it was, I, in the, you know. I didn't mind doing it over and over, making him extend his neck, and I liked mm-hmm. the distinctive smell of Moss Man. Uh, mm, sure, yeah. I, I like that guy, Moss too. I, I had no Masters of the Universe. I only played with them at other people's. Uh, Holmes, I particularly loved the battle damage He-Man. Do you remember oh, that one? Yeah, that's really good. It would mm, it, it yeah. was like a button you could press, and it, the, his chest would spin around <laughs> horrifyingly yeah. to reveal scarification. Both of the Masters of the Universe that I had, I got when my dad had to work at at his uh, friend and colleague Ed's house in Oakland, and we would take the Bart to Oakland. And near Ed's house, there was a used toy store. So I I would I got to choose on two those two occasions I got to choose a used toy, uh, and so those were like the only franchise toys I had, other than some Star Wars toys that were like hand me downs from my dad's girlfriend's son, uh, who was mm. older than me, and I, uh, my neighbor Gus Iverson, he had, ev- rumor was. I think I heard it from him. He had every master of the universe, every single He-Man, and She-Ra for that matter, and <laughs> Castle Grayskull, everything. Whoa. Mike, what was your like coveted toy as a kid? Was there ever something you wanted but never were able to get your hands on? Uh, you know, the answer is probably yes, but I, I don't, I, it, it hasn't stayed with me 
to this day. I will say that I I certainly didn't have complete sets of everything. In fact, I would set up like different uh, like th- there's a friend of mine who had a joke about having like mismatched sets of toys. Uh, his name is Abe Smith, I think. Uh, I I know his name was Abe Smith. I believe this was his joke. Uh, that uh, he's like, oh, I'll get you, Wonder Woman. Oh no, Roger Clemens. <laughs> and and so that was like what was literally going on, or at, let's say figuratively going on in my living room. I would set up like the Ewok village and like a transformer city that transformed into like a giant city. Uh, tra- it was like almost my size, but then it was a city and like a, a Dungeons and Dragons dungeon. Oh shit, that sounds fucking rad. It was, and I would like connect them with like blocks, you know, like just like wooden blocks or and Lego things. And I would like sometimes lose my. T- I was like, where'd my Karate Kid guy go? And I was like, oh, he's over here a month later. I, I thought someone stole him from my home when I was the only person who was ever touching these toys. But uh, yeah, I think I, I coveted just, you know, I, I, I became a completist in ways that I'm still now being like, oh, well, I can't do everything of every of any. Like, I, I can't watch all the great movies. I can't listen to all the podcasts. I can't read all of the recommended books. And so I'm like learning to let that go. But at the time, I was a blossoming completist. And I was like, I just would covet any complete. I, I would like any full set of something instead of this mismatch. <laughs> were you were you ever what did you were you ever able to complete something? Uh, you know, I mean, I think I I eventually started reading comic books and for sure I would, I would love to start at the beginning of a series and then just, there is actually, there's one series of comic that I have read pretty much, I think every, I, every issue from 1992 on to this day. (laughs) Can I get, can I, can I guess? You may guess. Savage Dragon? That's 100% correct. That was going to yeah. be my guess. That was my real guess. And then I decided <laughs> to say the thing. Holy cow. 1992. I, I mean, uh, if no, you I remember, yeah. I remember going to get the first Savage Dragon. Me too. I'm not it was even a big deal. I'm a I'm a I'm a small level comic book guy and I totally that was my favorite Spider-Man guy and then he started his own thing and I'm like this is my favorite Spider-Man guy I'm going to get his new thing. So wait, so Mike have you can cuz that's like that has some sort of distinction as being the like one of the longest running comics in publication that's like not Superman. Do you still read it? Uh, these days I don't go, I think my comic store in Brooklyn stopped carrying the individual episodes. Like maybe. Shout them out. They're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Galaxy. I fucking guarantee it. (laughs) Uh, Galaxy Collectibles, I love you. And I understand that not a lot of people were buying Savage Dragon individual comics. And so at a certain point I did switch to, uh, just the trades or, you know, downloading, uh, the equivalent of the trades when they've come out. But yeah, I have. So I, there's probably a few, the most recent episodes I haven't, but I will, I will get them. I will keep up. But yeah, we've read hundred, hundreds of episodes of issues. I Could guess, you summarize word. what's yeah. happened since 1993 for me? Oh, sure. <laughs> Does uh, he still face off with Prime every now and, then, now and then? You know, I mean, one thing that I do love about it is that uh, the characters age in basically real time. So now the main character is Dragon's son, who was born almost two decades ago. Whoa, uh, cool. 
And yeah, I really like liked... uh, this is like for better or for worse. One hundred percent. I was dog that's dies. I lo- I love they were kids, then they were adults and they had their own kids. It's like it really is like the anti like almost every other, you know, like re- like, OK, Superman can die, but he comes back. He's Superman. Sure. Batman, his back's broken. OK, but he's back. He's there's another guy, but it's Batman. Don't worry, everybody. It's Batman. But it's really nice to age and then see like the there's a, a quote I like from a poet named Robert Haas I believe his name is he says uh, repetition makes us feel secure variation makes us feel free so it's nice to have the variation of the aging characters having new experiences not fighting the same villains over and over again uh, with the 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 kind of repetition the solidarity with our own our own lived experience. That's really beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. I agree. That's a really beautiful musing on the influence of the Savage Dragon. That's why I love Savage Dragon, the comic book where people punch each other and boobs are very large. Yeah, I mean, it's the famous comic book written by my favorite Spider-Man guy. Uh, are, are you not saying his name for a reason? Is that uh, don't remember you... what it was? Oh, it's Eric. Eric Larson, of course. He's Eric right? with a K. Does he still write it? That is, I think, the thing that is the distinction about Savage Dragon is that he has, from the beginning, been the only writer. There was, in fact, one episode, one issue, where all of the Image Comics guys traded, and like Eric Larson wrote maybe Spawn or something, and somebody, maybe Jim Lee, wrote a Savage Dragon, number 13. But then Eric Larson was like, I want to write all of them. So he wrote his own number 13. So <laughs> even in with those constraints, he has written all... He's, he's been the only one. It's his thing. He should go into comic books. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. You saying, talking about like kind of, you know, uh, going back and forth between whether or not you want to read the trades or the single issues. That is definitely something that I periodically tell myself I'm going to kick, like buying single issue comics. And like, because, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're so expensive. They're like, you know, it's it's, oh, yeah. it's so much space. It just you know, if there's a a pile of them, it just makes you look unfuckable. I don't care how <laughs> positive I... we're being about nerd stuff as a culture. It a pile of floppy fucking comics makes you look unfuckable if they are Jordan, on your coffee I, table. I had I bought one for my son uh, Oscar a few months ago that I just saw on the coffee table. It's a Garfield comic book. No, yeah. Uh, he chose it. He was allowed to choose anything. Shout out to Secret Headquarters in uh, Silver Lake, California, uh, where I got recognized one time. Uh, and I-, I picked up this Garfield comic. I mean, it's a Garfield comic book. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's for six year olds. Is it is it collected strips or is it a like a longer Garfield no. adventure? It's a Garfield adventure story. Mm-hmm. It is a comic book. It is not a. It's not a graphic. It's not a collection. It's not a soft cover book. It's a comic. Yeah. And it was eight dollars. I was like, Whoa. I gave them eight dollars for fucking Garfield. I had no <laughs> idea when I bought it. It's a crossover event. <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Girth. He's fat. <laughs> <laughs> it did have a hologram cover of a lasagna. Well, there you go. Oh my sure. god. <laughs> uh, I had. I had a a book, 
I don't even know how to describe this Garfield book to people if you don't know what it is, but it was called like Garfield's Nine Lives. It wasn't pornographic per se. No, no. (laughs) It was was an erotic thriller. It was... Oh, is this the thing that got made into the like famously like depressing miniseries or movie of the week or something like that? Maybe I don't know about that part, but there was there so there was just nine lives that, as you understand, cats have, and so Garfield being a cat, this applies to him. Uh, and like the first one, he's like a cave person cat, and then at some point he's like a Viking, and at some point uh, he's in the future, but. There was one that was like really scary and it was like drawn not like Garfield. It was like very realistic. And this cat like attacks an old lady and that's the end of that life. And I was, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that was the end of the story. Hmm. And I guess maybe the lady fed him. So now, you know, he, he doesn't get that anymore after he eats her body, if that's what he does. Hmm. But, uh, who can say that was just that was where the story ended in that part for for me. Maybe I just threw it across the room in horror. But I just I just I haven't even thought about that in so long. But I've never met anyone else that I know that who's like, I also read that. I'm like, did only one copy get made? <laughs> so anyone out there, Garfield's Nine Lives. I, I remember that. I'm confirming it for you. Oh, I remember thank it. you. So. I did not own it myself, but I definitely uh, read some of it at a friend's house. Mm. Jesse, did you page through your son's Garfield adventure? Do you like what's Garfield up to these days? Is he still? Is it still Monday's lasagna, Odie, or is he? Um, it was dabbing? a complicated. It was. It was a. It was a sort of the player style Hollywood satire. Oh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> And it was written by a guy who was on my public radio show once wow. <laughs> named Mark Evanier or Evanier. I can't remember if the R is pronounced, but I think he wrote, I feel like he wrote a book about Jack Kirby or something like that. This was 15 years ago. Uh, and he was on the show. And I remember, I remember him being a very nice guy who was exactly like the guy that you would expect would write a a book about Jack Kirby, you know what I mean? Like a very a very committed comic book guy. And uh but I I liked him. I thought I remember liking him and thinking he was a lot of fun. And I recognized his name and I'm like, "Huh, so he's writing show business satire Garfield comics now." <laughs> There's I a mean, lot of different jobs. The world has yeah, a lot of sure. different jobs. Find your niche and fill it, you know? If if you see uh, something that's not in the world that you wish were there, just that's that's your place. <laughs> He's bringing the spirit of Jack Kirby to the Garfield universe. That's <laughs> right. It's uh, a little trippy, maybe inspired by uh, experimenting <laughs> with LSD. There's a race of godlike space lasagnas that rule right. over the... Sure. Well, now I don't even know if you're joking anymore. Um, can I tell you guys, uh, do you guys know Tony V, the comedian from Boston? Uh, no. No, sir. He's a, a, a wonderful, delightful, hilarious man who has this. I, I, I don't know if he's still telling it, but years ago he had a joke about Garfield. And he was like, you've never laughed at it, uh, but it's, it comes out every day. And he's like, I just want to know if Jim Davis, the creator, is like, yeah, man, uh, they keep sending the checks, so I'll keep cashing them. And yeah, he likes lasagna again. Who cares? Or if he's like, Davis, you're a genius. Every day you're met with three blank panels, and every day you give him gold. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
and it resonated with me so much when I when I heard him tell. I was like, "That's how I feel about Garfield." I I read it so I read it so much. When he I was said younger. what we were all thinking <laughs> about <right>. Garfield, <laughs> right. and then Garfield thought what we were all saying. Oh boy. <laughs> I, I do love that you're familiar with Garfield minus Garfield. Oh, sure. Yes. Sure. The, uh, they take Garfield uh, out of the comic and it's just John talking to himself and it looks like someone who is uh, uh, having a nervous breakdown. It's existential dread. And what I love about it more, I love it, but I also love that Jim Davis gave them his blessing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I, if I was to guess... I would guess that Jim David, I don't know anything about the man. He could be, he could be wonderful, but I bet he is a craven money monster. Oh, yeah. Just cause there's so yes. much Garfield yes. stuff. Uh, you know, it's like, you, you, you know, you hear, hear stories of Bill Watterson wouldn't, uh, oh, yeah. you know, wouldn't license Calvin and Hobbes because, uh, you know, that cause, because that would break the reality of whether Hobbes was real or not, you know? And I, I, I guess I would think that, that Jim Davis is just rolling around in a money pile. Not that he doesn't deserve the money pile. Not that he's, an, you know, that he's, but yeah, I, I would guess that, that, if Jim Davis got a cut of Garfield minus Garfield, he was probably on board for it. My daughter is uh, unreasonably obsessed with Calvin and Hobbes, which mm. is fine because Calvin and oh, Hobbes yeah, is sure. exceptionally good. Great. Yeah, I think Calvin. Yeah, I really think every kid should have a little Calvin and Hobbes period, right? That's good for you. Every every yeah, adult, I, if you missed it in, as a kid, it's it's one of the things that I would say is on my like life syllabus for everyone, and oh, there's sure. not a lot of things on it. Yeah. So I I watched uh, a documentary about uh, the creator of. Uh, Calvin and Hobbes with my daughter, but he did not agree to appear in the film. And there are all these scenes with the people who ran his syndicate talking about how important it is and, and so on and so forth. And then they get to the parts about like making merchandise or uh, running it in a, in a different order or at a different si like in a different shape or size on the comics page, which is another thing he refused to do. And, uh, and you can just see these poor sweet men who have dedicated their lives to comic strips in the newspaper, mm -hmm. like these just real high and lowest lovers or whatever that strip <laughs> is called. These sweet, That's right. sweet, sweet 70-year-old men, you know what I mean? Just trying to think of how they can say, uh, uh, this asshole cost me my retirement <laughs> like, <laughs> without being mean because yeah, it's sure. a documentary. of Like, they obviously also love the comic strip because they love the comic strips, but they're just like, just make how about just some t-shirts? <laughs> yeah. Just make one plush Hobbs, and we all get boats. Yeah, uh, and he wrote uh, uh, the creator of Calvin and Hobbes wrote these introductions to the books, and I don't know how many people have like looked at them recently uh, or, or as adults. You know, there there may be some some uh, of our listeners who were adults at the time. Uh, and, and saw them then, but like I think for people our age who were eight, it would have just floated right past you. But at least one of them just has like a, an anti-commercialism screed at the beginning uh, that I read uh, recently, you know, six months ago, and I was like, "Whoa, this is." I mean, I'm anti-commercialist 
myself in many ways, I was like, this is fucking intense. This is like Unabomber shit. Like <laughs> it was, it was truly astonishing the different stuff that pissed him oh, off. So that is, that's why Calvin was peeing on all those car logos. Exactly. Now I see. Okay. He's like, I won't make toys. I won't make calendars. And I won't drive a goddamn Chevy. (laughs) Wow. But there's a part in the documentary where uh, Berkeley breathed the the creator of Bloom County. uh, Talks about his longtime friendship with uh, the creator of uh, Calvin and Hobbes, which involved them writing each other letters. Uh, and but but when he's describing the letters that the Calvin and Hobbes guy would write to him, they were all just beefs that he had with Bloom County, oh. <laughs> like shit that pissed him off about Bloom County. <laughs> and it's the same thing. He's like talking about it very fondly, and you're like, "Are you sure this man was your friend?" <laughs> I mean, if if I may, uh, having no. Uh, experience having read any of these letters, seen the documentary, read that introduction. Ah, uh, let me, let me be generous to old Mister Watterson. And uh, like he didn't have to write to him at all, you know. He, <laughs> he, but sure. he was offer offering by, you know, he was being a friend, perhaps the only way that he knew how. You know, like one time, I think I saw like a story about like I mean Letterman talking to like Bob Dylan about how they're like at our level of like the number of people that know us like we're the only two people like we're some of the only people who can have this conversation about what it's like to be us and so bill waterson even if he did hate everything that happened in bloom county he's like but this is my brother and i need him (laughs) (laughs) well let's take a quick break we'll be back in just a second on jordan jesse go Hey gang, I just wanted to break in here for a second and remind you that I am going to be doing a live Twitch stream watch along with the gang from Max Fun's movie podcast, Who Shot Ya? We're going to be watching The Avengers on May 16th at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's Saturday, May 16th at 1 p.m. We're going to be watching The Avengers and I cannot wait. Uh, The gang from Who Shot Ya is so funny, so cool, uh, so film literate. Uh, I think it's going to be a real blast. That's going to be happening at twitch.tv slash ifdees, twitch.tv slash I-F-D-E-E-Z, twitch.tv slash ifdees, live Avengers watch along with the gang from Who Shot Ya, 1 p.m. on May 16th. See you then. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the Stockman. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Mike, no nickname Kaplan. <laughs> so what you do, Jordan, is you you save your celery stalks, right? Uh, you save your carrot trimmings. Uh, you save your your you know a quarter of an onion that you didn't need. You save your bones. You save your trimmings. You you toss them all in that bag, and then when it's when it's time, you put them in the slow cooker. You put them in a big stock pot on the stove all day. Glug, 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 glug. Stock for days, baby. Sounds like fun. 
It's a lot of fun. Jordan, I have been continuing to read my copy of Grimm's Fairy Tales. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, for your benefit, I bought a copy of uh, Grimm's Fairy Tales, uh, and it is, as it turns out, quite grim. Oh. Uh, and uh, I'm, ready, I'm ready to repeat my signature repeating segment, which I forgot what I called it before, but now I'm going to call it Jesse's Fairy Tales. Mm. Mm. It's selections from Grimm's fairy tales. So th- first, I'm gonna, just going to read you guys uh, just one one quick paragraph from fairy tale number fifty one, which is called The Foundling. Uh, it's about a it's about a little boy uh, who gets carried away by an eagle uh, or a hawk, excuse me, Ooh. and and then a forester finds him and brings him home to live with his daughter, and then there's an evil witch and blah 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 blah. Anyway, uh, the guy and his daughter, the kid, the the foundling and his and the daughter, their brother and sister, uh, and they have magic powers to transform into things, and they're trying to get away from the witch. Yeah, sounds like this makes sense. Yeah, this is the this is just the final paragraph of okay. the story. So you you skip all the bullshit, get straight to the lesson. Here, when the cook arrived and saw the pond, she lay down beside it and began to drink it up. However, the duck quickly swam over, grabbed her head in its beak, and dragged her into the water. The old witch was thus drowned, and the children went home together. They were very happy, and if they have not died, they are still alive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ain't that the truth? Ain't it the truth? Classic lesson. Yeah. If they haven't died, they're still alive. Yeah. If you hey, if you're listening uh, to this podcast uh, and I haven't died, I'm still alive. <laughs> uh, I, I want to add that if you're listening to this podcast and I have died, I'm still alive. Whoa! Oh, wow! Oh, shit, dude! Super spooky! Fucking cat in the box with the atom, right? <laughs> Well, you know, anytime I'm trying to kill a witch, guys, and mm-hmm. this is this is just good like like life hack yeah. style advice for anybody in our audience. I turn into a duck and I get my sister to turn into a pond. Yep. And then when that witch comes, I fucking grab that bitch with my with my duck beak and pull her into the water and drown her. It seems like now, you know, like with kids entertainment, like there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of kind of like nuanced lessons, you know, that you're trying to get across, you know, like, um, sometimes it's okay to be sad and, you know, embrace, you know, embrace diversity. But it feels like back then it was just stay out of the woods. Don't go in the woods. (laughs) That's how a kid dies is they go in the woods. So don't, don't go. Like it just, is all about keeping kids in the house and out of the woods. Like there's no time to talk about like, (laughs) you know, we all experience emotions differently. It's just like, get out of the woods. There's also a broader message. And this is one that I think is better conveyed in today's Mm -hmm. children's entertainment, uh, which is some women are perfectly virtuous, but most are evil. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. And some are secretly a pond. Uh, this one, there's just uh, there's just one more little selection that from the next one. I mean, this is the same page. Uh, this is from number fifty-two uh, that I liked because I thought, you know, roast battles are big. Sure, these days, yeah. it's 
real quick. I mean, just, Mike, you're. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a comedian. I, I would love to talk about roast battles, but are you saying that the chapter one story ended and then the next one starts on the same? They don't even go to the next page, or it's on the same? Yeah, yeah, same page, baby. Wow. Some of these things are a paragraph long. Okay, okay, that's fair then. Uh, yes, but sorry. So we, you know, you love roast battles. I'm a comedian. Yeah, so you're a comedian. You you know about this phenomenon of sweeping the nation roast battles. Uh, anyway, what what I feel like. Uh, is this king's daughter in this story? She might have a future in roast battles. Ooh. I think. I think you guys are going to learn what I mean by this when I when sure. I read this little selection if, from this. If we don't learn because... it, then we'll ask some more questions. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, the king wants to marry off his daughter, so he lines all the prospective suitors up and just marches them on past. Uh, this is something that we've all done at our debutantes balls, at our senior proms. Right. Uh, it's just is a oh, super foxy babe, and you just line up, go eh, and she goes mm-hmm or mm-hmm, <laughs> and that's how you know whether you're married or not. Mm. Uh, so anyway, uh, the king's daughter was conducted down the line, and she found fault with each one of the suitors there. One was too fat for her. That wine barrel, mm. she said. Another was too tall. Tall and thin, he looks like a pin. The third was too short. Short and fat, built like a vat. Oh, wow. Fourth one was too pale. He resembles death. (laughs) Well, I think uh, Jeff Ross has been nicking some of these. Yeah, I know. Oh, boy, this is a scandal. This is a real real scandal that's going to rock the comedy world. I I know what you're thinking. He resembles death. Sure. <laughs> Short and fat. He's built like a vat. Mm. Uh, some of them rhyme, others don't. The fifth was too red. What a rooster. Whoa. <laughs> the sixth that did not stand straight enough. Green wood dried behind the stove. That's I think that's the ultimate burn. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a real... There was not a single man whom she did not criticize, but she made the most fun of a good king who stood at the head of the line and had a chin that was a bit crooked. My goodness, she exclaimed and laughed. He's got a chin like a thrush's beak. From then on, everybody called him Thrushbeard. Wow, this is, I mean, you know. Oh, dating, honestly, that's dating, fucked up. Da- dating's hard. It hasn't changed that much. Beep, 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 beep. Brian, <laughs> yeah, please drop in some air horns. <laughs> right. I think that's what Grimm's fairy tales were missing. It's air horns. Oh, snap. <laughs> and this and a hype man. Had yeah. a cr- yeah. crooked chin, so they all called him King Thrushbeard. <laughs> it, seems, it seems disrespectful to... Call it king that. Also, that so- that name sounds fine to me. I guess I don't. I'm not of the time. I don't really know the customs, but uh, sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Sounds like a a fun pirate who likes birds. I think. Yeah. Is it gonna, thrush gonna some say, kind yeah, of yeah. genital infection? Oh, uh, I was going to say it sounds like a psychobilly band, like a rockabilly <laughs> band that plays really fast and they're they're kind of goth. Not a nardcore band. No, that's uh, <laughs> thinking of ill repute. Okay, thank you. I looked that up. But I guess I guess in Oxnard there is an ill repute day, like it is ill repute day in Oxnard once a year. 
because they're so <laughs> proud of the adventures of the Nardcore sound. Can I can I ask you uh, like a really serious question? Uh, yeah, sure, go for it. Yeah, we can do one. What type of hardcore music comes from Ontario, California? Oh, I don't know. I don't know that there are any uh, famous hardcore bands from Ontario. Pomone Core? Pomone Core. Pomone Core. The, okay. Like the Pomones? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right, God. Joey, Joey Pomone. <laughs> Marky oh Pomone. I, I, I want to say that I, I was just sort of dipping my toe in because I'm like, I don't think I have enough of the real information or joke information to uh, fully <laughs> die. I'm like, how deep is this pool? But uh, I'm glad that... Well, that something worked out <laughs> gonna be, okay. Going to be honest, Mike, uh, you've really showed us on this podcast why you're a comedian. <laughs> Not in the sense that you're, you know, you're the funniest guy we've ever talked to. Though you've been very funny, Mike. I appreciate it. Just in the sense that it's very clear that uh, your almost compulsive need to turn any utterance into a semi pun. Uh, <laughs> Would either result in a career as a comedian or like a 5,000 page diary of like insanely scrawled notes, Henry Darger style, that they find in your garage after you die? Can't it be both? (laughs) (laughs) When something momentous happens to you, our listener, we ask you to call us for our segment, Momentous Occasions. Some momentous things have happened to our listeners lately. Here's the first one. Hello, Jordan, Jesse, and remotely connected guest who may or may not be a construction of the Matrix. My momentous occasion is um, that I was recently furloughed, uh, and so I am driving all the way across the country to stay with my 89-year-old grandmother who lives alone. Um, I've been driving nonstop for 21 hours, except for brief breaks to gas up and pee in the middle of the woods in order to uh, prevent coronavirus transmission. And as I drive through the wee hours of the morning, I've been listening to Jordan Jesse Go, which is the perfect mix of energetic nonsense to keep me awake, alert, and focused on the road. Uh, love you guys. Stay safe. Uh, love you too, but I do have some bad news. Uh, oh uh, my God. <laughs> Stay out of the woods. Stay out of the woods. Haven't you ever read Grimm's fairy tales? Bad things happen in the woods. Don't be there. Oh, Jesus Christ. These people uh, going into the woods. The first 14 hours of this trip, she was listening to Jordan Jesse go, uh, but then it switched to 99% Invisible, the narrative podcast about design. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just, it just has become Jordan Jesse go to her fever crazed mind. Mm. Uh, right on her 17th uh, jolt cola <laughs> uh, she, she just started hearing roman mars uh talking about i guess walton goggins signature vodka <laughs> now they still uh, they still make jolt cola no do they not oh that's another thing that happened after hour 14 <laughs> <laughs> she started remanufacturing jolt cola 
No, she's drinking her own urine. Oh, 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 right. uh, oh course, course. sure, yeah. That way she doesn't even have to go the, into the woods, which is better. The, the <laughs> madness has her pumped. Um, I, I'd like to just briefly, I know I wasn't being attacked earlier, so this is not a defense, but I sincerely <laughs> didn't know if you were making the joke that there, that Pomone Corps was a group up called the Pomones that you were coming up with that I didn't realize that in wondering I was in fact the one who was doing it. Like I wasn't trying to, it wasn't active. It wasn't as if I was like, Oh, she talked about peeing into the wee hours of the morning. Like that would have been something that I did on purpose if I were going to, but I wouldn't do that to you. So I just wanted to no, let you, you know that all of this would be cow. Every possible uh, joke I make will be couched in deniability. Mike, please <laughs> save it for your 5,000 page diary. Oh, that's just, I'm just reading out of it now. I <laughs> uh, want to take another momentous occasion call. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brian. Hey, ooh, I'm going to guess Danny Aiello. Close. This is Tyler calling from New Hampshire with an update, uh, quarantine update. We were sitting at the dinner table. Uh, looking outside, our neighbor was walking his dog, and we look at our neighbor, and he's like, that's weird. Is there a cat on his shoulder? We're like, okay, our neighbor's taking a walk with the dog with the cat on the shoulder, too. That's not weird. And then we realize it's our cat on his shoulder. So wow. this, is, this neighbor is just walking around letting cats on the shoulder perch, and our cat got off. But uh, that was a cer- certainly momentous occasion. Thought of you guys. Uh, roll them. I love you. See you later. This like guy, hold on. This guy, <laughs> hold on. This guy, this guy loved describing that. I could hear, I could hear the joy in his voice, the titillation. This guy's a fucking nasty cat cuck. Huh? This guy <laughs> loves seeing his cat with another man perching on the shoulder, getting a little Probably scratch got- under the chin. You nasty cat cuck probably got a big shoulder too (laughs) oh yeah huge shoulder far bigger than the man's shoulder Um, your shoulder's too small to make me happy (laughs) now here here's the thing when when you started saying about the joy that you heard in his voice, I I'm I mean I'm both glad and sorry that I didn't have the opportunity to jump in and say like and I I felt that joy I felt exactly what that man felt and then you're like and he was a cat cuck I'm like not exactly what he felt but <laughs> I I did feel the joy but I'm like was the joy there the whole time even before he knew it was his own cat like if you look at across a crowded bar and you see what you don't know is a mirror but you catch a glimpse of your own part of your own reflection you're like that person looks pretty that's me (laughs) like he's looking at this cat he's like is that a cat that is my cat that is a i i mean what a fantastic it's almost like a ghost story like wait like like if he was sitting on the porch with his cat he thought and he's like look at that guy with a cat wait a minute if he's over there then who am i talking to <laughs> the caller was dead the whole time. <laughs> Mike, it's okay. You don't have to be a cat cuck to think this is a fun story. You can Thanks, have uh, a that's... pleasure. 
you, you can ha- get pleasure from it that's adjacent, you know, that's related. You're a Gerbil cuck, <laughs> and we know that. <laughs> uh, do you know there is a cat that visit? I, my girlfriend and I, we, I, we don't have a cat, but we have uh, been, we have a cat restaurant kind of where a cat visits us <laughs> sometimes every day, and we feed her, and she hangs out, and then she goes away. And so I'm, uh, I guess we know that she does, she has a bell, she has a collar, so she has quote unquote owners somewhere out there. And uh, I don't know how I'd feel if I saw what is as close to our cat with her other uh, polyamorous family, her primary family. (laughs) Uh, What do you, what do you feed the cat? Do you have cat food around the house now or do you, are you giving her scraps? A little piece of salami, maybe? We did start purchasing cat food when she started visiting and seeming like she wanted it. <laughs> That's nice of you. It's very, very sweet. Oh, yeah. It was it was months ago. It was pre-quarantine initially, and then we went on a trip for a week right, right before sheltering in place, and then th- there were six weeks where she was gone. And then for the past week, she's been back every day. Have you guys named, so. have you guys named her? We call her Lady, uh, which is short for Lady of Inverness. That's what my girlfriend uh, likes to call her. Okay. And so I also do. Because I like my girlfriend. Uh, you guys want to know where I'm at sort of in terms of uh, emotions and, and oh. mental health right now? Yes. I'm trying to gr- grow a, a new lettuce out of the stump of an old lettuce. That sounds like a Ooh. fun activity. You cut off our friend uh, Cristela Alonso posted a picture of her lettuce on Twitter, which is not a euphemism for anything. It's just a literal thing that happened. And I got excited and I was just about to eat a lettuce. I mean, not straight, I made it into a salad. And if you cut a romaine lettuce like off like an inch at the base and then just put it in some water in a bowl, a new lettuce grows out of the butt of the old lettuce. I uh, I am posting pictures of my lettuce, but it's only on my OnlyFans. <laughs> Ooh, you nasty, Jordan. That's you right. Nasty. I'm nasty. I'm nasty. I'm, uh, sure, I'm a nasty lettuce exhibitionist. I want everybody to see it. Yeah. Happy birthday, Jordan, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Mike, did you uh, get me anything? Uh, I got you this. Happy birthday. Whoa. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was your birthday. No, that's okay. And, uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to, what do you want? Do you want a poem? No, you know, I think I'm good because my dentist got in touch three different ways to wish me happy birthday. Dr. George Lim, uh, not only emailed, but he also texted and then called and left a message wishing me happy birthday. He really wants you to come back to the dentist. Dude's thirsty, man. You know, my my girlfriend had a call with... Hi, it's me, Dr. Lim. Uh, I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday, Jordan, and remind you that there are still dentists. (laughs) Right. Your dental health should Uh, still be a priority. My my girlfriend uh, got a call from her doctor's office, and she has an appointment like in a month. And they were like, in advance, do you want to come for a teleconference before that? And she was like, 
what would be, do I need to? What would be the reason? Wouldn't it be just better to come when I can? And they're like, you know, just to like, and you know, the doctor's called her on the phone. Sometimes she's like, yeah, the doctor calls me sometimes. Does uh, that what he wants to do? No, like, like a tele, like a video conference would be good. And eventually in the conversation, they were like, you know, because we can charge that to the insurance. Uh, so sure, sure, uh, sure, yeah. a lot of people aren't coming to the doctor these days. Just, you know, if you want to see the doctor on TV, that would be really helpful to the doctor, I guess. I thought you were just going to say that she asked why and they said oh daddy lonely (laughs) you know how it is daddy lonely sure i like that guess yeah it's not a bad guess i'm a pretty good guesser i mean in one way i'd say it's the best guess in the other way where you're not very close to the answer it's technically you know they say like be good or be good at it you are not good at it but you're good yeah (laughs) but daddy lonely (laughs) seems like you need a dentist that uh calls incessantly (laughs) have you thought about if you're lonely visiting dr george lim because he will uh not hesitate to reach out uh we also are at the point in our mental health here at my house where we're giving children mohawks Mm. oh um, we, my wife conducted like wh- what I can only describe as a five day psyops campaign on my six year old to convince him that he wanted to have a mohawk. <laughs> uh, did, like, did he know what a mohawk was before? Absolutely not. Uh, you were like, it, so you can have hair here and not hair here. And he was like, why? And you were like, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Son, you love the music of the exploited, right? <laughs> You know the Pomones, right? (laughs) Pomones had the classic Beatles cut. I I don't know what they look like. I just know that they're punk associated and so are Mohawks. Uh, What's your opinion, son, on Thousand Oaks core? Right. Um, I, uh, it involved, there was a point, there was a point where she had to, disabuse him of the notion that he was not a rock star and thus could not have one. I think oh, she kid, must have they, said... Kid, the kids wanted the Mohawks. No, they, they didn't. My, no one wanted a Mohawk. Okay. My wife tricked my son into wanting a Mohawk because she wanted to give him a Mohawk. Okay. Which is... By telling him that he's... Oh, oh no, it's not, he was making excuses like, but I'm not, a, I'm not a rock star. And she's like, oh, you don't have to be a rock star. He's like, oh then I guess I have to have a mohawk because that was my only argument. It goes deeper. Like, I think she told him that cool, cool people like rock stars have them. And he said, I'm not cool. I'm not a (laughs) rock star. (laughs) Good. He's not a poser. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't feel like he deserved a mohawk uh, once she explained how good it was. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. He knows. He knows he's not out there living the life. (laughs) And then my daughter was shaved off like a core, like the side of her head. You know what I'm talking about? You know that haircut that some people have now where just the side of the head is shaved, but the rest of the hair is there? The Cameron Esposito? Yeah. yeah our friend em- our friend Emily Gordon has that haircut, I think, or at least she used to. Uh, a recent, recent Jordan Jesse Go guest. And then my three-year-old has sort of long, beautiful hair uh, that he loves because he loves to pretend to be uh, the characters from Frozen. Uh, and they have mm-hmm. long, long, beautiful hair. Uh but as soon as he heard that shaving off your hair was an option, he asked for that. And uh, I overheard my wife saying to him, well, what about when you want to have Elsa's hair? Uh, and he said, we just put it back. Oh, he, 
can't argue with that logic. He doesn't understand. He doesn't know how hair works. Okay, <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Cow. Strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future. Featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGivern. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. Welcome back to Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Mike. My new nickname is Gessy, but that should really be Jesse's nickname, Kaplan. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mike, for punching up my nickname. Sure, Gessie Jesse. Yeah, oh yeah, Jordan Jesse Gessy. I like I like it. Uh well Mike, it's been a joy to have you on Jordan Jesse Go. Uh your new album is called AKA. It is I can only imagine a nightmarish barrage of wordplay, uh not unlike the world inside your mind. You know, here's the thing. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I, what I do for the stand-up comedy is decide what to say in advance. So I do uh, have my uh, I do have an 800-page all jokes document. Not unlike the 5,000. Maybe by the end of my life, it will be a 5,000-page <laughs> journal that they'll find uh, in the cloud, not on the gr- in, in the garage. But uh, I. I do say uh, things that me. This is actually the first album that I think 100% the things that I say are they're jokes that I like about things that I care about. So not only will there be the kind of nonsense that I've spewed this past hour, there will also be sense. Oh, that's fantastic. And Mike really is a great and hilarious comic. I'm, I'm uh, goofing here, but... Uh, absolutely his record is worth your time yeah i the bits that i listened to uh definitely uh they had a lot of heart it was definitely uh yeah i could really tell that the stuff you were saying was stuff that was important to you and i i, I really appreciated that i think that was a that was like a great quality that it had these are very nice sincere things that you're saying that now now i feel bad for taking the edge out of your wonderful uh sort of you know trademark snark your trade snark look at that now let's get it back and uh, <laughs> I I really appreciate you having me. You you're a pleasure. Thanks for everyone listening. Whoever guessed Danny Aiello, I I yellow at you that you're right. So uh, I I'll and I'll, the album feels really good to listen to, and it also feels good to stop when you're done. <laughs> it's just it, would you say it's just right in terms of amount? Yes, I am the Goldilocks of comedy. Too some is too hot, some is too cold, but I am. A little girl burglar who breaks into a bear's house. So check out Mike's new album, and after it's over, pick up Add It Up, the best of the violent femmes at the warehouse. <laughs> and remember, kids, stay out of the forest. Sure. Don't do what Don't Goldilocks go into did. The woods. Don't go. Uh, Mike Kaplan is on Twitter at Mike Kaplan. Mike is spelled M Y Q. Oh yeah. M Y. 
Q. He's also on Instagram uh, at MYQ Kaplan. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're lucky, you might make his top five on Friendster. <laughs> Wait, top six? <laughs> on MySpace. I don't remember. I think it started small and then they got to eight or ten. And then it was, you know, just the top. Please, please stay on MySpace. I'm in your sprint circle, I'm, right? I'm your dentist, and please friend me on MySpace. <laughs> God damn it, George Lim. I'll make an appointment when I'm good and ready. Stop by, please. Daddy lonely. Uh, our producer is Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. You can give us a call, 206-984-4FUN, or just send us a voice memo, jjgo at MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org, why, that's our website. You can find our show there. Uh, our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design, and our friends at Light in the Attic Records. What better time to buy the best of The Free Design? It will lighten your the load on your heart. It is just a joyful, beautiful record, a really wonderful, uh, really wonderful piece of work. Um, happy birthday, Jordan. Uh, uh, and uh, I think that's it. Oh, you can follow us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne, at Jordan underscore Morris, and like us on Facebook, and I hope that you will. And you know what, Jordan? What? I'm just going to straight, I'm just going to straight up ask people a, a favor. If you're out there and you like Jordan Jesse Go, which you probably do because you're still listening and we're late in the credits at this point, I'm going to ask you to share Jordan Jesse Go and say something about why you like it on social media. Hashtag it JJ Go. This week is share Jordan Jesse Go week. I think Jordan Jesse Go is a good empty podcast of nonsense for these times. Uh, and if you have found it valuable uh, over many years or over many days, uh, I would ask you to share it with the hashtag JJ Go on Twitter, on Facebook. Take a picture of yourself enjoying it and post it on Instagram. Uh, Share the show. Uh, put it on your, put it on your Tumblr. Uh, it's probably a porno Tumblr. It's 2020. You know, it's pretty much all. <laughs> yeah, that's left, it's all probably all that's on there these days. You know what? Nothing wrong with that. No, okay? it's a Nothing nice wrong place for pornos. Pornos of various specific pornos. At Lynn's Ludes on Twitter, the person who follows me, one of my most loyal followers, whose uh, Twitter account is uh, pornographic cartoon pi- original pornographic cartoon pictures. Why not make one about how great Jordan Jesse Go is? <laughs> sure. Yeah, we're always, you know I mean? always looking to reach new audiences. Doesn't have to be us. It could be the prank bear boning down on the, you know, the, uh, the penguin in the pants. <laughs> prank bear's got a penguin in his pants. How about that? <laughs> it writes itself. There's a thing that happened on Jordan Jesse Go 12 years ago. It's an erotic scenario that writes itself. Uh, we love you all very much. Uh, we'll talk to you next week on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.